You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 98. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the man who's hiding in some boxes, Christian Massius at ISOChristian on Twitter. Uh... Sean, I'm uh, hiding in boxes. Middle, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah, it was a Metal Gear reference, but <laughs> uh, the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak, and the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. Guys, how is everyone? Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. I'm confused. Have you actually played Metal Gear Solid? I never thought you did. Me. Who- or Dan? Yeah, no, no. Christian, I figure would. Daniel, oh, I figure no, not. no. It was a reference because he's playing Metal Gear Solid on his stream right now. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. PS One, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at eight PM Eastern Time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN, and you will find us on there, as well as twitch.tv slash Podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is all the Halo Infinite hype, as well as some episode 100 details coming up very soon. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item, guys, of the PXN News of the Week is... Annapurna Interactive's uh, roundup from their event that they held last week. They got uh, about 15 or so game teases and announcements that they showed off. Uh, Games such as Stray got a release window. The Outer Wilds got an expansion announced. Um, There's some very interesting little little indie gems in here, I feel like uh, you can kind of call them i guess but uh was there anything in here that you guys specifically uh thought stood out to you guys um was what was your biggest thing that you you know are excited to play uh you've got stray which is that cat game that looks interesting uh so yeah what what would what were you guys excited to see here um, I, I can start. I think a big one for me was Heart Machine Solar Ash finally getting a release date, which is October 26th, my birthday. Uh, if anyone in chat wants to buy me that for my birthday, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I, I think you said it at Stray. Like, took me so much by surprise. I When it was first announced, at, I think one of the PlayStation events, I didn't understand the, you know, quote-unquote hype for the game. Like, you know, we get it, it's like a cyberpunk setting and you play, and like, maybe you play as a cat. Who knows, there's a cat involved. Um, but like there wasn't enough there for me to actually be excited about the game. Seeing gameplay, I was like, dude, I need to play this. This looks fantastic. I can't wait to just perch around as a cat and like travel and talk to robots and like just interact with that world. It looks so much fun. Did you guys ever watch the Netflix show uh, Love, Death and Robots? Oh, yeah. It, it reminds me of that second episode of that show with the robots touring like a post-apocalyptic Earth and the cats like basically being able to converse. I think like Patrick Stewart was the voice or something like that. But regardless, that was the coolest game to to me from like the mini showcase. And I just I think it just looks really interesting. I mean, I'm not for sure exactly what your mission is or your goal, but just watching that trailer and seeing everything, I can only imagine what the haptic feedback is going to be because it is a, uh, if I'm right, I'm right, it is a PS5 exclusive, right? As far as console. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I just am curious what that's going to look like. If you were, you were just talking about the purr, like, are you going to feel that like rumble on your hands and stuff like that with the controller? I, hmm. I just think that's going to be really cool to play. Yeah. I, I also really liked uh, Stray, but uh, Storyteller was another one that I really liked. As someone who's not super into puzzlers, I was surprised that this like uh, intrigued me, but I love the, like, the art style. And it looks simple enough that I would enjoy it, where you're just uh, kind of, you're giving uh, a story, like uh, uh, make a, a love story, and then you get characters at the bottom, and you just have to put them in order uh, on like a little comic book panel, sort of to kind of make a love story. So you have a princess and a prince and you have to put them in, in order to make a love story. And uh, there's obviously different ones like make a tragic story, make like a, a story of betrayal and it gets more complicated. But I thought that one was really cool and it's coming on Switch and I think that would be perfect, a perfect game for the Switch as well. And uh, another one was called A Memoir Blue, A Journey into the Depths. Uh, that just seems like a game that's, you know, going to tug on your heartstrings. So I'm definitely signed up for that. And the animation looks really beautiful for, beautiful for that as well. Absolutely. Uh, all of your guys' sentiments I echo. Uh, I am not the biggest indie, like, darling out here. So I will admit that uh, there's nothing that, like, popped out to me. But, like, there's super cool, like, looks. Like, Artful Escape, for instance, has a really, really cool art style. Uh, and it kind of... It kind of reminds me of Double Fine's uh, what's their game that they made, uh, Broken Age. It kind of gives me that vibe to it, I guess, that art style. Um, but yeah, it looks super interesting. Jason Swar- Schwartzman and uh, Lena Hetty are like our two like main voices that I can remember from it. Mm-hmm. And they are actually real gamers, too, as far as being celebrities as well. Yeah. So you know probably they're going to give their best as opposed to Peter Dinklage as a robot <laughs> dinklebot what a what a throwback cash that one in uh quick question for Roe, if that's okay sure storyteller that was uh was that the team that did uh, gorogoa Ooh, I don't I know know. They, they mentioned sure. it but i don't know if it was that that team or not like i remember that title coming on the screen but probably i unfortunately don't know developer daniel ben ben Mergui. Ben Murgy? Oh gosh. <laughs> I, he's the one who makes Storyteller. I don't know if that's the same person or not, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As Roro and Christian can uh, look that up, <laughs> we will Jason move Jason Roberts did Goro Goa, so I don't, I don't believe okay. that's the case. All right. Uh, guys, The Ascent has gotten some reviews, and Sean Babiak is about to die from uh, just being overwhelmed with excitement, even though Christian dashed his hopes right before the show started. And uh, I just want to say I'm on Team Christian there, uh, so that was good. Nice job, Christian. Putting a jab <laughs> you in played there. it yet, have you? Uh, no, I haven't. But okay. uh, yes, uh, the reviews are coming in kind of, you know, they're coming in average, like six and sevens, which is, you know, eh, that's all right. That's an all right game. Uh, but we have resident Sean Babiak. How, how do you uh, fare these reviews coming coming through? Uh, I'd say it's accurate. Um, I would say we're probably all in the realm of scores are kind of, in the end, meaningless. It's how much you enjoy a game and everything. Um, I know there was that talk with, like, most sites are doing away. Obviously, IGN probably will never do away with scores because that's what everyone fast forwards to. But 
I mean, if I had to give it a score, I'd probably agree on that. It's not doing too many things new besides the stasis uh, with the characters when it comes to a twin stick. Um, but I will say, graphically, it is gorgeous. It, I mean, tr- it, everything that's moving around, it looks amazing. Um, I heard there's a little bit of controversy when it comes to the PC because, I guess, of how it's upgraded, more or less, or not upgraded. Um but I haven't tried online or played with anybody yet, but obviously it was on Game Pass. I would recommend it just to try it out, especially, like, Xbox doesn't really have a quintessential twin-stick shooter. Like, PlayStation or Sony in general has a huge wheelhouse, especially now that House Marquee is officially with them. So, I mean, I, I would check it out personally if I were you, like, just to see what it's all about. I think it's okay to like a six or a seven game. Yeah. Daniel likes Halo Reach, and we all know that's like a six Get or seven. Him. No, Get him. no, <laughs> no. I have words with Christian when we get to that so point. It begins. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Halo, more like Lamo. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christian. Christian. <laughs> oh. To Sean, to Sean's credit, though, like I had been teetering between like whether or not I'm going to check out um, The Ascent. And then today, Gene Park uh, wrote an article about how it's his game of the year so far. Oh, wow. And I was like, you know what? I immediately added it to my GG of things I want to play. So as soon as I'm done with the things that I am playing currently, I'll probably... I mean, it's on Game Pass, too. I'll, I'll probably yeah. end up checking it out. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. Same. I'm, I'm definitely going to give it a shot because it's on Game Pass as well. Um, yeah, and I, I love that... I, I, I kind of like that it's mixed. I, I don't know... I like hearing Sean be... Like, he was so excited for it, but like him giving his honest opinions here as well. And then, and like you said, Christian, I saw G- that same post from Gene a- as well. And I was like, oh, damn, like there's just so many different opinions uh, for this game. And I'm, I'm excited to just give it a shot myself. So and I totally agree. It looks so beautiful. That's definitely one thing that I think everybody agrees on, that it's, it has really good graphics. Yeah, you can definitely tell that it's not a house mark game because it doesn't have that charm, I guess, in the sense that those do like when you play uh, Dead Nation or even Alien Nation, like the fast-pacedness and everything that's kind of going on with it, it's a little bit more methodical of a twin-stick shooter. Um, but I, I would still recommend everyone at least giving it a shot. Yes. Yeah, I I agree with all you guys. I echo everything you guys just said. Uh, the story seems to be the weakest point uh, of, of, it, uh, of it all, it seems like, from what everyone has been saying. And the gameplay seems to be very satisfying. So, like, that seems to be, like, the one thing that I would care about for, like, a twin-stick shooter experience. So, or RPG dungeon crawler, crawler or whatever you want to call it, uh, experience. So, I, I'm definitely intrigued to t- check this out, uh, especially on Game Pass, like you guys said. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, if it's cross-play and you guys ever want to try it together, because I, like I said, yeah. I haven't even played online or co-op mode. I've only played single-player, but I'd definitely be down for that. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, guys. EA's Dead Space remake is headed up by Eric Baptiste-Sat. I just butchered that. Uh, the Who is actually the uh, game director for Assassin's Creed Valhalla after si- he spent 16 years at Ubisoft, which is dang that's a long time um but i think this is this seems like really good news because i really enjoyed valhalla obviously i still haven't gotten back to finish it uh as among a million other games that i haven't gone back to finish but uh i really think this is a good thing and uh hopefully this is going to mean we get a freaking amazing dead space remake that is polished and looks good and 
plays good and bring us Isaac and all of that. Uh, so do you guys think this is uh, going to get you more excited for Dead Space Remake? Dude, they, they could literally just translate the game one-to-one with like some upgrade, upgraded like shading, and I'd be like, yeah, here's my money. Take it. Like, but, but in all seriousness, like, like good for Eric. Like, he's moving on to different things. I, I, I didn't play Valhalla, but from what I've heard, like, it's a lot of people's like, up there in terms of like, some of their favorite Assassin's Creed's to play. I don't know whether, whether or not that's due to like, the narrative of that game or not, or, 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 it's, or if it's a combination of both narrative and gameplay. But I mean, I have confidence like in that team for sure. I mean, I, EA is, can be a little dodgy, but like if if the heart is there with the team, and that, and it seems like it is that they want to make a quality product that you know pays homage to the original title, then I I support them hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think anything. I'm, I'm in Christian's but I don't think anything can get me unhyped for this game or even more hyped. This is. Technically, I want to say, in a way, I was right with my E3 predictions because E3 is all summer long. So mm-hmm. that was announced. Um, but I, I I don't see how I can't not want to replay this regardless of who the director is. And I think it can only make it better with the Assassin's Creed polish because regardless of what he has to deal with, we know there's a lot of polish that goes into those games, specifically Valhalla, because um, now they've launched two brand new consoles with an Assassin's Creed game. So, you know... There is that attention to detail with whoever the director is. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm I am happy for you guys. I am. <laughs> I'm over here, just like I'm not even familiar with Eric, but I I know Valhalla is like, like you guys are saying, one of the best. I don't know if it's one of the best because I haven't played it, but I've heard that it's one of the best Assassin's Creed game. People really like that one, so it's good that he's coming over to help with Dead Space. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just happy you guys are happy. Maybe I'll play this. Maybe I won't. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's getting some, some good talent behind it. So definitely, you know, as, as an outsider looking in, it seems like it's in good hands. So I'm happy for the Dead Space fans out out there. So T-Vel says in the chat, too many remakes as of late. What happened to sequels? I agree to an extent. Uh, there has been, you know, a lot of remakes, but I, I think this is one that a lot of fans have been clamoring for. And like, this is something that people want badly, including all of us, I think minus Roro being, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a afraid there. but, uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this takes away sequels. I think the dead space sequels mm-hmm. made the game different. So that's why they didn't want to make a dead space four because dead space three took the franchise in a very different direction. So like they want to reestablish the franchise back to its roots and then they can build off of that. I feel like, but that's an interesting question. Cause I feel like I was in that boat a little while ago. I was getting some of that like remake slash remaster fatigue that was happening. Maybe even as, as close as a year ago, but it seems to me like remakes have been garnering a lot of uh, like attention and like they, they drive a lot of like I, I don't I I can't quite know how to how to how to put this but like games like RE2 and RE3 rem- remake because they got that like care and TLC of being remade bring me back to the to the Resident Evil franchise and now I look forward to their own sequels. So it's a way of like reintroducing both uh lapsed players as well as getting new players to 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 get into these franchises. And who knows if, if Dead Space 1 is successful, we get people who have already played Dead Space 1, people who have never played it both trying this out. 
maybe that green lights another sequel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on from there, guys, Marvel's Avengers uh, Black Panther expansion War for Wakanda has been announced to be coming August 17th. So this is very interesting. Uh, they're going to have a Marvel Avengers war table for Wakanda that will premiere on August 16th. Uh, so the day before, which is interesting, they're going to go deep dive, I guess, the day before it comes out. Uh, is this going to get you guys back into or into for the first time uh, Avengers? Or is this I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but now that we kind of have an idea of what we're going to get from this, uh, is, is this going to get you guys peaked interest back into this? Uh for me, this is, and, and as, like you said, we've talked about this before, and, and my kind of, uh, what I feel about is, is that this is going to be kind of the last, the last time I, I am going to get into it. Like, if this doesn't do it for me, probably not going to come back to Mar for Marvel's Avengers, even for, for Spider-Man. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying something <laughs> like that. I love Spider-Man so much. But I feel like this is kind of the make or break moment for Avengers, for, for me personally. I feel like this is like their to kind of to something like Destiny, their taken king moment where they can kind of turn it around and kind of bring people back for a, what could be a better future for Avengers. So far, what I've seen from Black Panther is just the the first trailer, obviously, and all the cool skins. And honestly, all the cool skins are what's getting me most excited for like for to try out. Um, but yeah, I, I know Sean's a huge Black Panther fan, but am am I the only person who actually owns Avengers right now? Uh, I know I I, I, I own it okay. as well. Okay, okay. Yes. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to try it on October 17th. Um, and I've been trying to get myself back into it even now and just like, just get back into the swing of things. But I just, I just don't feel like it yet. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for, for the new character and potential story because that was the best part of Avengers, like the actual... Um, Kamala Khan story. I love that. So I'm just excited for the story and playing as Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, if it does pull me in, it would be Black Panther uh, for it, just because I, I personally think he is a perfect character for this game. Um, take away the Chad, Chadwick Boson, like, memoriam stuff for him. Uh, I, I just think he fits that Marvel's Avengers, or Square Enix's Marvel's Avengers so well. Uh, as far as a concept for everything because of how much experience he's had in both different realms, basically, of uh, Marvel. But I I'm still so lukewarm. The only thing that does entice me is the price, really, right now with Marvel's Avengers. Um, it's I think it's been, like, multiple times, like, 30 bucks on the PS5, and yeah. it's hard to find a AAA game that you could beat on that price, especially when most PS5 games are 70 bucks now these days. So I'm thinking that that'll probably be what gets me in. Now, will I get in right away? I don't know at this point, uh, but it is something that would be the motivator to get it. Yeah, and, and those are free too, right? The expansions are free. Yeah. I remember playing the beta, and like I was, I still am curious about what the actual like narrative campaign, you know, actually is. But the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay, I just never found the fun in it. Um, and I, I, granted, it's only a beta, and like it's the early conception of, of like what that game actually was. But yeah, at this point, just a, a games as a service 
game of the Avengers is just not what I'm looking for in in like my Marvel content. Like I I I want more like straightforward narrative campaigns. So no, I don't think this Black Panther stuff will get me back into it. But who knows? Like I'm I listen to Greg Miller talk about it on Kind of Funny. And it's like, <laughs> well, it does kind of sound fun to be Black Panther or Cap and just beat a bunch of people up with my friends. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because like I'm like the opposite of you, Christian, because I played the beta and I was like, all right, this is actually getting me interested in it. But I was like, I was so mad about the whole exclusivity bullcrap that I didn't buy it when it came out. But then it came it went on sale for like Sean said, like thirty dollars or something. I was like, all right, I'll pick it up. But I haven't I still have yet to play the retail version, even though I bought it. And so I think this will get me back into it because this will kind of uh, give me a stepping stone to jump back into it. I hope, I don't know, Roro, maybe you know the answer to this. Uh, do you have to play the campaign in like order or can you play like, you know, War for Wakanda separately from like the, the launch campaign? Do you know? I have a feeling you'll be able to play War for Wakanda uh, separately. I don't know, okay. but... I feel like they, I hope they don't make you do that. Yeah. Um, and I have a feeling that they won't make you do that. For the, the expansions that have come out, like the Hawkeye stuff and and um, Kate Bishop, Yeah. I I don't think you have, I, I think you do have to play like the base game to play those ones. Okay. So that's why, that's the only reason why I'm hesitant. Uh, okay. So, but I, I don't think so. I think this is like a one that you, that you won't have to worry about that. I, I, I hope. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. hope so as well, because I kind of just want to dive into this. I don't want to have to like go through seven people's campaigns or whatever. But yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's more fun than Combat Evolved. <sighs> Christian. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Low bearing fruit. My goodness. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. For the <laughs> record, my friend Mark texted me, said that actually it's $23.99 right now. Jeez. So it's even cheaper than oh, I am. Dang. Pretty that's cheap. insane. Uh, Moving on, guys, before Christian talks more crap about Halo. <laughs> uh, multiple reports have suggested that Horizon Forbidden West will be delayed to quarter one, 2022. Uh, somebody put in here, now confirmed, I think. Uh, I haven't seen that, but yes, maybe confirmed now. Uh, Christian, sorry. I'm wrong. It was Jason Schreier who said, like, a source confirms, but, like, that's still just a source. That's not Sony actually saying it, so. Oh, okay. Not technically confirmed. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't I don't think this is a big deal. Like, quarter one, what's the difference between quarter one, 2022, and quarter four, 2021? It's not a big deal at all. Uh, but I do want to point out to all those PlayStation fanboys out there saying, oh, my God, Halo Infinite, when it got delayed last year, games get delayed. So don't do that. Don't criticize developers for delaying their game when it's not ready. So... I, I very much commend Sony for uh, delaying this. Obviously, it's not official yet, but uh, I, I do suspect that it, it, it has legitimacy to it, as as we've talked about. But uh, does uh, does this free up some space this fall, guys, for you guys? Maybe uh, maybe you know a Halo Infinite size space this fall. Uh, it scares me, if anything, because does that mean we're going to have a repeat of 2017 with uh, Breath of the Wild two and Horizon <laughs> yeah. two? Good no way. No, no. That would be amazing. In terms of release dates, there's no way uh, Breath of the Wild sequel is ready to go in Q1. I like. N- there's no chance. I don't know. 
I, I will bet anything. Literally anything in my house. Pick anything. I'll bet you it. All right. Let's see. <laughs> Your PS5. Yeah. Oh, that's, man. That's for Row Row right there. <laughs> Row, pick something else. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think obviously we're all happy that this is going to get the time it needs. So, yeah. I'm happy because there's a lot of games coming out in November, like October, November range. That, Halo like, Infinite. Pretty stacked. <clears throat> Look, all right, we'll we'll get there. We'll we'll get there. <laughs> I've got some thoughts. Right, okay. Oh no, <laughs> he's got some thoughts. All right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the 4.99 PS5 SKU apparently, guys, uh, is no longer selling at a loss, as we have found out now. Uh, it is. T- it has taken less than a year for it to not be sold as a loss. I thought this was just an interesting little tidbit of a story. Uh, the PlayStation 4 was, the, I believe, the first time that Sony had put out a console and within the first year were able to make a profit off of it, and now they have done the same for PS5. So I feel like that's very like big news because like that means every single console they sell now they're making money off of it instead of having to make all that money back in software sales um and the quicker they get to that point the the quicker they lower the price as well which obviously is only good for consumers um obviously it's not struggling to sell at that price point but uh uh it it is fascinating and uh obviously i'd say they're still making a a lot they're still taking a loss on the uh, 399 discless ps5 because there's no way in hell that disc tray costs a hundred dollars to make so (laughs) um yeah it'll be interesting i i think to uh kind of see how that affects the console prices especially in the world that we're still in the shortages space where we we're still having issues getting the console um which is bonkers to me that the Series X uh, slash S and PS5 are still like so hard to find. Like people who are wanting it like just can't get these. It 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 blows me away. Yeah, that's why Daniel will forever be my twenty twenty hero. Yes. <laughs> oh, did he help you get you your your Xbox? Uh, not my Xbox. Well, he did text me the date, but he did hell or te- he texted me both the PS5 and the Xbox when they were like coming up on sale. But he also helped my friends out too. And Daniel, being the class act, uh, he only sold them at cost. He did not sell them for profit. Yeah, I I if bought nine scalpers. I bought nine, nine? next gen systems and sold them all at cost to friends and other people who asked me for them. So a true hero. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not, not the hero. I'm not the hero we need, but the one we deserve. Wait, is that the? Yeah. Sc- <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, guys. Uh, yeah. I, I think this next story kind of goes hand in hand as well. Uh, so Sony uh, has also said that they have secured enough components to hit its goal of 22 million PS5s by the end of fiscal uh, at the end of its fiscal year, which is a, a insane number, especially since they're at 10 million right now that they just announced a little while ago. Uh, so they essentially have to more than double that number before the end of the fiscal year. I think that's a very optimistic number, but who knows if they can hit the production uh, aspect of it, if they can produce enough, uh, I would not be surprised that they would hit that number. Um, do you guys, Roro, do you think that this is going to uh, be indicative of uh, us 
staying at the 499 price longer if their stock supply continues to be uh running out uh or like do you think that that's going to have an effect at all um i uh, i think it'll stay at the 499 price point um i don't think it'll have a a huge effect on that i i hope not um i just really i just really want to get one that's <laughs> that's all i can say i just i i'm losing my mind oh i'm losing my mind over here my dad like kind of made a deal with me to try and to get one like i give him my ps4 and he'll help me help me get a ps5 and i was like yeah thank you so back on the topic sorry i i i i hope it doesn't affect the the 499 price point i think we'll i think we'll be good so I was doing some quick math in my head. So I'm trying to put things into perspective. These things launched in November of last year. Is that correct, right? Yep. Yeah. So it's been about nine months and they've sold 11 million units. The end of the fiscal year is is usually like at the end of March. I I had to Google this to confirm, but it seems like Sony's is March 31st. So that would be 2022. That's 11 million units uh, they're projecting to sell in less than nine months. Right. So I do think they're going to see more available. That bodes very well for them, uh, like around the holiday time, which I'm sure they're going to be like wanting to sell a bunch of these units for people that want them. You may even see some units uh, bundling with like games like Miles Morales even thrown in there. So good for you, Ro, if you're able to get one. I think you'll, you'll <laughs> I see that so. 499 price point stay, but you, maybe you'll get a free game out of it. Yeah, maybe they'll even do the same thing with Horizon once, once that comes. Who knows? But yeah, that bodes very well for them. Yes, that would be awesome. Uh, Tvel is in the chat saying, shout out to Dan for helping me and my brother get two Xboxes. That is true. Oh, nice. he, there, that's where two of them went. Uh, and also Officer Marva in the chat saying, Daniel is my hero. I have no idea who that is. But, <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's another random person that I got a PS5 for, apparently. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, cheers, Dan. Yeah, Cheers. Uh, moving on, this is a great pun here, uh, Christian. You'll be uh, proud of me for this one. Uh, Sony was not loving it when when McDonald's Australia revealed that they uh, are, were making a custom PS5 controller. Uh, I thought this was hilarious because I saw this on Twitter and I was like, who wants to buy a freaking McDonald's controller for one? So I was like, it's an interesting design, but I'm like, who wants this? And then I re- read it and I was like, oh, Sony's not happy about this. Okay, that's uh, that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> so uh, how does that rank in your guys's uh, in your guys's? Um, wow. Yeah. Nice. Nice, Christian. Type it in. The copyright infringement is back nice uh but how does this rank in your turn in your guys's terms of uh best or worst controllers you've ever seen oh man it's an ugly design <laughs> what? it is an ugly design i'm, I'm googling this again because i yeah i know this thing's fine <laughs> i do not like it at all the red and the white color scheme is at least fine the like yeah. inclusion of the fries and the burger i can that's, do with that's what i don't like <laughs> i think it's yeah, that the design's fine. I'm just like, why would I want McDonald's on my controller? I don't know, man. Why not? 
<laughs> I feel like this is one of those controllers that you just you get and you'd like show it off a little bit, put it in like a little container. It's like for the collectors out there. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I would uh if I would spend money on it. I don't think the design is is horrible. Yeah. I think it's I also think the uh the burger. If if it didn't have the burger and it didn't have like the McDonald's logo in the very center i would like it a lot more i think i, no, I like okay. the fries the fries are fine the mcdonald's the logo better. ties it all together let's it be does? real okay <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i like yeah, the he... yellow buttons and i i think if it was all i think if it was all red and yellow buttons i would like it more yeah i, I was like oh it's a McDonald's honestly yes i would a thousand percent agree yeah. that it would look so much better that way mm. and then still have the mcdonald's logo in the middle that's that would be cool that's fair yeah if anything, this just kind of uh, like points to like the strength of Xbox's controller design labs. Like Sony, what are you doing? You know, like we get it. You have two new controllers out, but like let us customize our own controllers or make more different color skews. I don't know. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, guys, Rockstar Games has confirmed that Grand Theft Auto Five has surpassed a hundred and fifty million units old my goodness the franchise now has over 350 million units sold so gta 5 accounts for literally almost half of the entire franchise sales of gta insane uh but that's not all guys gta 5's remaster on next gen is coming out this fall so what is this number going to end at? Like it keeps we keep getting these updates for how much this is selling. When is it? When does the madness end? Like 170 million maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Are you guys going to buy this for a third time if you've already yeah. bought it twice? Yes. Nope. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to stupidly buy it the third time. I guarantee it. It's fun. Gosh. It is fun. Why it sells it's fun. It it's, it's, on the plus side, the end. online component is free for PlayStation Plus members. Yes. Yeah. I don't. Is yeah. that true? You could download GTA Online for free. Correct. With P- PlayStation Plus. Yep. Oh, then I'm not gonna buy this. I'm <laughs> playing for GTA Online. Oh, the campaign's great too, though. I mean, is it? What? I get it. Amer- like like America it? and current like society sucks. I live that. I don't need to be playing that. It's true. I just love the craziness. Like Trevor's nuts and just bananas, and Michael's kind of a you know an asshole. I love the Laszlo torturing missions. That would be the only part I'd want to uh, play. Yeah. yeah. Frank, honestly, Franklin's probably the the norm, most normal of the, the three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Franklin's my favorite. Yes. Yeah. Fra- Franklin's the best to play as. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, moving on, guys, to kind of piggyback off of last week's uh, big, big topic that we had uh, to talk about. Activision CCO Fran Tra- Trounsen. I almost said Trounsen. Fran Townsend has tweeted an article about the problem with whistleblowing then deletes her her Twitter account after this. Uh, Activision should delete her. Uh, (laughs) I thought that was good. But uh, yeah, 
what why would you why would you tweet out something about the problem with whistleblowing when you literally just had one of the biggest scandals in the entire history of your company come out for very good reason because your employees are being treated like garbage and women are being talked down to and treated misogynist that's terrible i can't even pronounce the word uh it's just awful why would you do this i don't understand like have some common sense i guess like after your company just went through this huge ordeal with the problems being Mm. outlined and people walking out of your company because of the policies and the the things going on within your company and you're you're not going to address the problem you're going to tweet something about the problem with whistleblowing what dude all right like trigger warning but like when one of your employees commits suicide because of the sexual abuse that she's getting, the problem clearly is not whistleblowing. And for someone, the communications officer to be tweeting something like this is totally tone deaf. What are you doing? I am so happy you deleted your Twitter. You should not be working. Yeah. Don't come back. (laughs) Don't come back. Yeah. And really, like I said, Activision needs to delete her because that, I mean, she needs to be fired. At this point, like, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't. Yeah. I just don't understand how people haven't learned after 10 plus years of Twitter, how everything is recorded in the end. and It all comes back to bite you. Yeah. I mean, unless you're James Gunn, I feel like that's the only person that ever gotten forgiven on Twitter. But it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't see how people don't understand that. Like, if you think these are your personal thoughts, they're not, especially when you're attached to a company or work for a company or anything like you're be smart i guess on social media and i know obviously i'm the one here that doesn't have like twitter or anything like that or use really any social media but that's not the reason because i would be afraid if i said something stupid but i see it time and time again on like articles that people just don't think before they type yeah it's it's tone deaf i mean like i don't know it's tone deaf that She's posting this and all this stuff happening. Uh, so, guys, give me your thoughts on this. So, Blizzard, Blizzard announced, or I guess President J. Allen Brack announced that he is stepping down shortly after the company's lawsuit alleging widespread discrimination, which this is related to Activision because they're both one company, and harassment. And... They announced that Jen O'Neill, who she actually formerly was the head of Vicarious Visions before they were merged with Blizzard, and Mike Yabara, who was uh, formerly of Xbox, uh, he joined Blizzard, I believe, in 2019. Um, Mike was uh, in charge of the Xbox services team back then, and Mike's a really good dude. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. He's always been a good guy. Um, and they're stepping in as co-leaders of Blizzard in the wake of this. So, like, do you guys think this is a solid step for Blizzard? Like, obviously, they have a lot of other things they've got to get situated. They're, they got to figure out their, their policies. They have to figure out what went wrong within their teams and, and start correcting things from the bottom up and top down. And I feel like... These two people coming in, Jen just joined Blizzard this year, like in January, I believe, when Vicarious Visions was brought in with them. And Mike Yabara joined them, like I said, in, I believe, 2019 from Xbox. 
I feel like those two coming from the outside is a good start for Blizzard to kind of rebuild themselves as a, a better company. Um, but I, I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are on this. Obviously, this is in very deep contrast to the Activision news that we just discussed about the CCO of Activision. But uh, I, I feel like this is hopefully the first step of Blizzard, the Blizzard part of Activision Blizzard, trying to, uh, I guess, make things right to what they should be. So, Ro, I'll start with you. What, what were your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I feel like it is a, a good a, a good first step, I, I suppose, to have uh, the person that was in power at the time of of all of this horrible stuff going on kind of stepping down and, you know, moving away from the company. I think that is definitely good. Um, I'll take your word for it that Mike, your bar and General Neal are, are good people. I, I just don't know uh, them, but I, I, I trust that they are and I hope that they will you know, lead the company in a, in a better direction going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I still think there's a lot of work to do and I'm not expecting change like overnight or anything like that, but I do think this is a, a good, good first step. And I, I, I believe there's some other people besides JLL Allen Park that needs to step down and then move away. But I, I do think this is a, a good first step for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's indicative of the time that we live in, too, with actions have consequences for the higher-ups. Um, I mean, it's it makes sense that this is what happened, um, because no matter what, if you are the CEO or the head of some company, and if it wasn't you directly, in some way, though, you fostered that environment, and so you need people that aren't either contributing or weren't even a part of that environment to begin with, so they can understand exactly what the repercussions were that they essentially faced. I know we've had a talk in the gaming industry for the last few years about crunch uh, and how that plays a role into a lot of things too. And I think this in a sense is probably even a more important one because crunch can do a lot with anxiety um, and uh, depression, but I mean, assault basically <laughs> that's all i can kind of think of in my mind is that whether verbal or physical that leads to almost worse steps in my mind and the fact that this had to be the next step and i agree with uh what you're saying that there was more there needs to be more probably done in the end because it wouldn't just have come from one person while the entire rest of the company was just eh, it's fine it's a group of people it's an it's it's at least a niche if not bigger than that that's probably gonna have an upcoming for it and i just curious who else goes down and what effect that has as a whole with blizzard or sorry uh not not just blizzard but activision in totality yeah. for sure yeah i i think like some of the problems when you remove presidents and or ceos is a lot of the times it's kind of like an empty gesture is just removing the figurehead and replacing it with somebody else that's at the top of that chain who fosters like similar work environments. Um, and to everyone's point here, uh, Jane O'Neill and, and Mikey Barr don't seem like that's the case. Um, I actually think it's a very good thing that, that these outsiders coming in and especially having a, a, a woman be in, in this position mm. who will hopefully like be a representative of these marginalized voices and like these people who were victims of abuse, like 
be that person at the top who will foster a positive work environment bodes so well. And like my hope is, and like some, this is like what Sean was getting to is like, this is hopefully maybe just the beginning of, of removing those toxic characters within those work environments, not just at Activision Blizzard, but hopefully industry wide. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Cause Ubisoft even came out with, or their employees came out with a press release in support of them and mm-hmm. made note on how their issue with sexual allegations was in a sense, almost swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We yep. talked about it a little bit last week uh, about Ubisoft as well. Roro uh, had a nice yeah. convo about that as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the. I think I try to remember the guy's uh, uh, handle on Twitter. Uh, Esco Esco Blades, I think is his name. Adrian, this uh, black guy at, at at Ubisoft. And I remember when that came out a while ago of his sexual uh, misconduct and stuff like that, and just being so disappointed because he was a character in the or a person in the industry that I I, I liked and I looked up to, and then he did some BS like this. And he's been off of Twitter for for a long time, as he should and as he should stay until, you know, I don't know if he's working at Ubisoft anymore or not, but I haven't heard otherwise. So to my knowledge, she still is. And yeah, I'm I'm glad that that people are, you know, talking about it again, because, yeah, it has to it has to happen industry wide, not just at Blizzard, not just at Ubisoft, but everywhere that's dealing with that stuff. So good for the people that are trying to make the change. Yeah. Absolutely. If people aren't speaking out about it and and making their walkouts and, um, you know, talking about it like in this setting, then nothing ever changes. So absolutely. Um, Definitely needs to definitely needs to stop. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully Activision doesn't bring Blizzard down because I feel like now Blizzard can start the healing with what they've done at the top of their side of the thing but like we just talked about with activision it doesn't seem like they're doing the same so they're they're still one company and uh i worry about uh them as a totality you know following through with with making real change so um with that being said uh we did get news that Diablo Immortal is now releasing in the first half of 2022. Uh, obviously, this is that mobile Diablo game that people were up in arms about when we didn't get Diablo 4 uh, a while back. Um, obviously, you know, there is the difficult uh, discussion about uh, whether or not to support this game uh, in the wake of all of this happening. Um, but there is the also the interesting position that blizzards in that people weren't that interested in a mobile diablo game as it was anyways so like do any of you believe that this game is going to be super successful uh personally i was like interested in this game like slightly before all of this went down but now i'm just like eh, i don't really need it it's a mobile game i was just gonna you know pick it up and check it out just to you know see because i like diablo but uh at this point i might i probably will just say eh, i don't really need to play it i have uh, so many other things i can play and it's a mobile game so uh christian what what are your thoughts are you gonna think about this or or what are your thoughts on diablo immortal i mean i just i'm not a fan of diablo games to begin with like mmos just aren't for me 
I, then again, I saw someone playing Pokemon Yacht, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I could get into this one game. <laughs> but yeah, you bring up an interesting interesting point about like, should you support the devs uh, that are working on Diablo, or is that ultimately going into you know money in Blizzard's pocket, which is not a thing that you maybe want to be doing right now. So like, that's it's going to come down to the personal choice of where you think it's okay to when to support and when when not to. So yeah. Daniel, if I remember right, a long time ago, we had this conversation about David Cage, um, Mm. and when, oh, crap, what was his last game? I'm just trying to Detroit? Detroit. Detroit, yeah, Detroit Become Human, and it was like, if we were going to support him with that game, um, because technically, yes, he is a director, but we know so many people that worked on this game, uh, and they were dealing with some hostile work conditions, too. Obviously, that game ended up being on a critical success and sounds like a commercial success. So I, I would say it's always kind of just up how to you as the individual gamer feels same thing with movies. People see Woody Allen movies and some people swear off of them uh, because he's a weirdo uh, for lack of better terms. So it's, it's really up to you. I, I would just hate to always think that just because this person at the top is insane that the people at the bottom should pay the price for that. I mean, all the people that are working on Diablo Immortal right now, you would consider pretty much all game engineers and artists and all that, they're actually artists. So it's not their fault that they've said their art has been bap- bastardized by somebody up top. So I, you just hope that they see some form of success, whether that's at this game or onto a bigger and better studio or maybe their own project, that type of thing. You don't want to wish ill wills on them. Yeah. I, I, I'm also not super into Diablo that much. And as I said last week, I'm not, I, I don't, I, I totally hear what Sean's saying and I, I honestly completely agree with Sean's saying, but I just, I don't want to support uh, Blizzard or, or Ubisoft at this time. I just don't feel okay with doing that. As Sean also said, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, do I think it's going to be successful? I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people were kind of let down when it was revealed in the first place. But uh, you know, it is a mobile, ba- a mobile, mobile game. Sometimes you know those take off surprisingly. Um, so in this current climate, I don't see a lot of people <laughs> being super hyped for it. But uh, yeah, I, it, it could turn it around. I, I, I'm not expecting big things from Diablo Immortal, right? In my position. Uh, for sure. Uh, if you want to affect Activision the most, Activision Blizzard, don't buy Call of Duty. That's yeah. a pretty easy way to not support I've been doing them. that for years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hipster. <laughs> I mean... And I just, wanted, I just wanted to also clarify I was wrong that uh, the Andrian guy at Ubisoft is still working there. He did get suspended when those allegations came up, so, so good for them. But awesome. he's not working there anymore, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, and yes, please don't support it. Don't support Call of Duty. In the first place, Call of Duty is already a toxic franchise. That is an annual franchise. Things don't change enough. It literally is a cash cow for Activision. They literally only care about the money. So don't support it. It's not going to the people at the bottom. Like I get, I get both sides of it, but games like call of duty success don't go to the bottom it goes to the top that's why 
that's why Bobby Kotick, who's the head of Activision, makes hundreds of millions of dollars because mm. all of those profits go right to him. That it doesn't. The people at the bottom will find other jobs if you know they're laid off or whatnot, and they will survive. The people at the top are the ones who are most affected by you not purchasing their product. So that's my two cents. Um, but yeah. Uh, moving on to the next story. Uh, Microsoft is requiring employees to be vaccinated to return to their offices. Uh, full re- the full reopening is uh, stated to be no earlier than October 4th. And this obviously affects all of Microsoft's first party studios, uh, 343, the coalition, everyone. So this is good news because, number one, if you're not vaccinated, that's part of the problem right now because you're getting strains of the virus that are mutating because it's being passed to people who don't have the vaccine. Uh, And also you're just putting yourself at more at risk of causing yourself serious illness. So please just get the vaccine. Like it's not bad. Every one of us on this podcast had it. We're not dead. We're not, nothing's growing out of us. We don't have four GLTE. So just, just get it. It, uh, I I don't want to go back in lockdown. The the October date is very optimistic. Oh, yes. I'm curious to see if that's actually going to yep. actually happen. My my guess is maybe not. Yeah. As somebody we'll that works for a retailer, we just went to back to having everybody, even vaccinated people, masks on. Yeah. Um, after a little bit over a month being able to not have the mask, so it's getting bad again. I mean, pretty much all, all the states are becoming red, at least in North America because we didn't take it serious. So good for Microsoft. I honestly wish a lot more companies did this. Um, I get it. Unemployment sucks here too. But at the same time, that to me would be a huge motivator that I keep I keep my job. I keep getting to do what I love to do. And I protect myself and my family. So good on Microsoft. Yeah. Agreed. Definitely. Yeah, I see. I see no downsides here. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, should he be vaccinated? Everyone, I think everyone should, unless there's a, a valid reason for it. But I I, I still, uh, yeah, I think everybody should get vaccinated. I think Microsoft is doing a good thing here. And here in Canada, it's, it's kind of uh, the same deal where certain people just don't want to get vaccinated and some people do. And the people who don't want to get vaccinated are kind of ruining it for everyone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the- I, I am hopeful. <laughs> The thing is trying to be people are trying to some people are trying to spin it into a political thing. It's not a political thing. It's literally a health thing. Like (laughs) all of us on this podcast all have different political views and and different ideas and and philosophical differences. I can't speak today. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't support something that is a freaking vaccine for a virus that is going widespread across the entire world. So, yeah. yeah. So moving on, small story dropped in here by Brett Christian. Sony Interactive Entertainment is assisting the Oxford Internet Institute with a project to understand how the well-being of individuals relates to games. Right now, they are sending surveys via email out to Gran Turismo sport players. Interesting. Christian, you want to talk about yeah, I mean, I have no actual substance. I just think this is a very cool thing for Sony to be partnering with, like, various just research groups. Uh, like, there isn't enough research about, like, the positive effects gaming 
can have um like on learning I, I did a little bit of like video game um in in tandem with like l- how it translates over to literacy um in my master's like work so seeing stuff like this is just like always very cool uh it, it just feels progressive um so if you're a gran turismo sport player keep an eye on your email and uh take the survey it takes about five to ten minutes yeah i i, I just wanted to add that i totally agree that there's not enough like uh, positive research on it, and even even the negative research is just blatantly incorrect some of the times. Where like people are saying like the violent video games are like you know the whole the whole spiel with how violent video games cause killers to you know emerge from their dark bedrooms or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you the amount of stuff that I've learned from just Animal Crossing, just playing that game and learning about all the bugs from blathers and the flowers and stuff like that, and then actually going outside and it's like holy crap. I know the name of that flower because I played Animal Crossing for six hours. So, and video games are, you know, you know, they, they help. They 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 make the big big make the brain bigger, not smaller. You know. Yeah, Roro, you said it completely right. Like, if anything stops that conversation as far as violent video games, I couldn't tell you a time where I haven't played a violent video game, and I haven't done anything evil at this point in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I just. We're all not in jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I, I would love something that essentially refutes it because we constantly have to hear people who are in power find these false stories about how, oh, he was a gamer, so that's why he was doing it. No, he had mental issues. That's why he was doing it and had access yeah. to things he shouldn't have had access to. Yeah. So anything that shows like how gamers have matured and I think personally, like you guys were alluding to, I think you're a better learner for playing video games, especially like video games that are going on today. Maybe not so much like your Minecraft or your Fortnite, but like things that like, especially indie games, like, um, or maybe even racing games. Cause I did, I just have a feeling with Gran Turismo, it's probably not a toxic culture of people that play Gran Turismo. So I can only feel like that would be a positive vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never forget that doctors used to practice uh, like surgery by playing Super Monkey Ball to improve their hand-eye coordination. This is Whoa. true. You can look this up. <laughs> Super Monkey Ball rules. Nice. Games, man. The Gorilla King himself. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I totally agree. And like video games also like help people through tough times too like i can attribute that to myself and i'm sure each of us have our own stories as well so uh yeah this is great to have this kind of stuff uh come to the forefront uh i just want to point out i've been uh lacking my uh my eyes on the uh youtube chat i've been paying attention to the uh, twitch chat and i apologize zach Wynn said when it comes to getting consoles daniel's a legend thank you i appreciate that (laughs) That was I wonder why you wanted to say that comment. Yes. Hey, wait, I've got to read all the comments. Sometimes I miss them, though, because I get busy in the podcast and then I'm like, I get sidetracked. I apologize. I apologize, everyone. Uh, moving to our last story of the week, Ghost of Tsushima Legends is getting a standalone release for PS4 and PS5 on September 3rd. It will cost $19.99. That's actually very interesting. I didn't see this uh, when you dropped this in here, Christian. I thought that was actually very intriguing and uh, very smart by Sony to do this um, to try to get people uh, interested or into Ghost of Tsushima that may not be interested into the, the single player side of things and kind of see the uh, sure. co-op aspect. I think that's really cool. 
Yeah, because you don't play as Jin Sakai in Legend. Yeah. And they're releasing new content for Legends. Like, there's tons of content they're planning for, like, post-release. So, and it's all free. You Once you, like, buy into Legends, you, you get all this content, like, drip content uh, the next few weeks, which I think is very cool. But uh, it just kind of points to, like, Sony being experimental with their, like, at least their launch releases, sort of. Like, the way they're approaching games. Like, having, like, different segments of, like, which game you want to purchase. Or even, like, breaking it down to, like, just a multiplayer release. I think it's at least interesting. And I'm curious to see... Like what sales figures will be like um, after it comes out. Yeah, yeah. It's the third time that I can recall that Sucker Punch has done this now because they did it with Infamous Two, uh, with the vamp. I think it was like the yeah. Vampire Masquerade, and they did it with uh, uh, Second Son with uh, Neon Light. Last it was First Light and first Festival of Blood. Yeah. Festival of Blood. Okay, so I yeah. had two words right in those whole things. <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm I'm wrong, but was uh wasn't Ghost of Tsushima Legends a free DLC for mm-hmm. those who owned the game? Yes. Oh, yep. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about it being twenty dollars? You think that's fair? Yeah, if you don't own the game, that's pretty reasonable, yeah. I think. Twenty yeah. bucks. That's There's a lot of content with Ghost, yes. or sorry, with the with Legends yeah. part of Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I beat uh the hard mode on it uh as far as Ghost of Tsushima a little under a month ago. And I went back to play Legends, and there's so many stories that you get to find and play as. And some of the missions aren't, like, quick missions. So there's a lot of content in there for 20 bucks. They have, like, full-on raids, too, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it would be cool, too, if they uh, kind of, to help the uh, $20 price point as well, is uh, if they were to say, like, hey, come buy this for $20, you play it and you enjoy it, and then you can put that $20 towards the purchase of the full game. I think that would be a pretty cool idea as well to kind of step stepping stone people into the campaign, single-player campaign experience. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I would agree on that. I but, can also see them doing something like Marvel's Avengers and having like a free weekend and your progress carries over at the end of the weekend if you want to buy it, you know, you true. can for $20. True. Uh, Sean, I know you uh, said you have a hard out, so I will let yeah. you give us the games you're playing first here. Uh, well, I already talked about The Ascent, but actually I replayed Dead Space, the original on Xbox Game Pass. I played it on hard mode. Um... Crap, I forgot about hard mode on that game uh, because um, the gooier black ones take forever to kill. Uh, and especially when the, in the beginning of that game, the power nodes are so few and far between. Uh, so you're basically trying to sell everything to get upgraded for it. But that's why when we were talking about Dead Space earlier, like I, there's nothing that's going to make me excited for that game. I mean, or more excited or less excited. I... I it still honestly plays great, looks great. Probably oh, the only thing that's a little wonky is maybe the walking and aiming. That's really it. Other than that, it's it's still a great game to play to this day. You answered my question because I was thinking about going back because I never played Dead Space 2, which I heard is like everyone's favorite. Um, and Daniel's favorite. Oh, gotcha. And like, <laughs> one rock. So like, I was curious to see how that translated over like into modern like playing it now so that's awesome to hear yes yeah i definitely if you have game pass there's another one another victory for game pass yes game (laughs) pass for the win with ea access uh christian thank you guys take it easy see you sean yeah yeah christian i just saw your comment on twitch that says dan sucks 
So I'm <laughs> reading that comment out here as well. Dan sucks. There's uh, too much positive Dan comments out there in the wall. I had to like balance I, it out. You just know a what? Bit. I agree. I agree completely. Let's see here. I'm we're just gonna, kidding. We're going to have a, a quick transition here to three person scene because Sean just left us here. Uh, so yeah, here we are. All right. We're in here. Uh, anywho, continuing on here. Uh, I am playing, well, I did play the Halo Infinite technical test over the weekend. Uh, had lots of fun with that. And I think I'll talk about that more in our topic of the show, so I won't spend any time on it here. But I had a lot of fun with it. So, Christian, what are you playing? I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Halo. Like, I'm genuinely curious. I just want, for the record, I'm genuinely <laughs> curious, okay? Uh, see, speaking of Xbox, I've been playing uh, Flight Simulator on... Um, game pass on for pc quite a lot i was not expecting for that game to to hit the way it did it's it's the zen uh like game experience that like i would have with things like animal crossing or minecraft where i just like boot up like a departure and just like zone out i tweeted some pictures not too long ago of me like choosing a flight um in like the california valley like this like small runway flying 50 you you fly 15 miles north uh, you see the Merced River, you turn right and you follow that river and eventually you'll fly into Yosemite Valley. And as I, as I was doing that, like it's live weather. So the, a thunderstorm was like coming in and I was like getting the lightning and it was like one of the most sublime experiences I've had in gaming, like in a long time. Like it was so awesome. And like, I, it, it's, I'm hooked every night. I want to either play flight simulator <laughs> or watch 4k videos of other people flying planes better than I do. <laughs> So, yeah, that that's one game that I'm playing. Um, the other is I, I went out and I bought a, a Pro Controller for the Switch, finally, um, mm-hmm. in preparation for, like, Metroid Dread. One of my Joy-Cons stopped working. Um, and then as soon as I went to go buy the, the, the Pro Controller, I swear the Joy-Con was like, don't replace because it started working again. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can do now. It's uh, already done. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I bought Mario Golf Super Rush for a stream with some friends. And, like, my God. I thought flight sim was zen. Like Mario Golf is just as zen. Like like playing eighteen holes and just vibing out is like so much fun. And like I, every night, I don't know what to play. Like either Mario Golf or or flight sim. And to make matters worse, on the last day of the sale for Sony's <laughs> summer sale, I also bought Persona Five Royal. And like it's so great already. But I had to stop playing after like the first day, like in game day. Just because I know I have others, like I want to finish some other stuff first, and and then go back to Persona Five when I can sit down and actually put some hours in. Is is this your first time playing Persona Five? I played the intro once before. Uh, like I know I have the dungeon ahead of me, um, but that's as far as I got. I never beat okay. that dungeon, so yeah, I'm in the first opening hours again. It's my first time. Yes, I'm so excited for you, dude. It's uh, I love those games so much. And I the think music you're definitely rocks. gonna like them. Yeah, and the music rocks. Okay. I, I yeah. have no doubt that you're gonna enjoy it. But I'm just excited to to hear your your thoughts as you progress. Cool. Nice. Uh Ro, uh it says here you are playing nothing. Absolutely nothing. I had a crazy, crazy week since last Wednesday. Oh. Um I, I, I you know, I played a little bit of Pokemon Unite, of course. Yes. Um but you know it's it's a crazy week when I, I didn't even get the chance to play Destiny, so <laughs> i was um, gonna say you could have just lied yeah, to us and said you played yeah. destiny and we would be like yeah yeah of course yeah <laughs> um i i went to flight simulator though after what christian was was saying and I, I saw his pictures on 
on on Twitter as well, and it's like, yeah, that looks that looks like a good time, a nice a nice a chill time. chill time. So that might be what I I dive into next. If you Stay prefer tuned. playing with if you prefer playing with controller, by the way, I found mm-hmm. a great video on like how to translate uh, like a lot of these keyboard settings to controller. Like oh. it's very user friendly. That I actually might even switch to controller now because I think like the 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 yoke is a lot better with analog sticks. I can send that your way if you if you want me to. Yes, yes, thank you, Christian. I, when I played Flight Simulator on Series X a couple weeks ago, I crashed a lot. So. No. <laughs> yeah me too it's okay <laughs> uh anyways moving into the topic of the show guys halo infinite we've got some news as well some technical test impressions by yours truly uh but also you guys i'm sure have seen some gameplay as well uh and also some episode 100 details a little bit of uh, tidbits which i meant to talk to you guys about before the show started and i completely forgot so here we go uh (laughs) halo infinite's technical test guys apparently included some campaign files that were mistakenly included in the build which spoils the game no (laughs) this is my worst nightmare uh we're still at least two to three months away from launch and now i have to avoid all halo infinite spoilers for the next two to three months and to make things worse uh i've seen many friends that i follow on twitter uh who are who stream halo pretty consistently some halo streamers that have been targeted by some uh some of those playstation uh fanboy accounts on twitter that uh essentially joined their stream uh they donated a x amount of money and put a giant spoiler oh. in their stream which spoiled it for mm. the entire stream watching this guy and that's uh, not cool not at all yeah like people have been waiting for this game for six freaking years don't do that like if people like thought about this in terms of if this was your favorite franchise and you were super excited for it and didn't want anything spoiled, you would be just upset about this happening to you. So don't do this to other people. This is an awful thing to do. Like jackasses that do this just piss me off so badly. And if it gets spoiled for me, I'm going to be so upset because, ugh. so Dan, I have some advice for you. Yes. Cause I, w- I went through something similar with the last of us part two. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. If you haven't already done so, uh, my the first thing you should do is to mute like all halo related words on twitter see the second thing the second thing you should do is to not search for halo anywhere not even on Absolutely. google because that will give you recommendations on youtube and youtube is notorious for recommending you vids with spoilers oh, in the title and the thumbnail you yeah. should only be getting your xbox or your halo news from like sources, sources. like like xbox yeah yes absolutely Absolutely. and that's that's what i plan on doing for like i'm just gonna keep my twitter feed i'm not gonna i'm not clicking on hashtag halo infinite i'm not clicking on news sources i'm not going searching yes absolutely agree with you christian hopefully we comments or replies either yes yes because yeah yeah The funny part yeah. is, is like they uh, there were some Halo YouTubers that posted a list of Twitter accounts that of people to block, and I looked, and I was actually already blo- I already had like three or four of them blocked on Twitter, which is funny. Um, but yeah, like, hmm, terrible, terrible stuff. Don't, 
don't be mean online don't don't ruin things for others come on now yeah it's awful uh the next thing here, uh, Halo Infinite will have cross-platform and cross-input com- competition across Xbox and PC. So this is for um, Halo uh, Championship Series, which is the professional event for Halo Infinite. Uh, it's also been for Halo 5 and every other Halo game. Uh, I thought this was interesting because people didn't know how they were going to handle the competitive scene for Halo Infinite, but after playing the game it makes sense that they're going cross platform and cross input. And the reason is, is there is virtually no, for the first time in halo, there is virtually no aim assist in this game. It is very heavily like reliant on you, like learning the game and uh, getting that feel yourself. It has a tiny bit, they call it, I think bullet magnetism is what it's called. So there is a tiny bit of aim assist, but it is uh, it, the same amount is on PC and on Xbox. And regardless of whether you're on controller or keyboard and mouse. So I think this is a good middle ground to try to make things uh, a little bit more even between the two platforms. Uh, I do still wonder if the top tiered uh, mouse and keyboard players are going to be better than the top tiered uh, controller. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) And that is definitely a concern. Uh, But Halo has traditionally been a largely controller based game. So it's like, how do you strike that balance? I do you, do you guys, Christian, do you think this is going to, I'll start with you, do you think this is going to affect uh, competitive play for Halo? I mean, it'll it'll make for a more like inclusive space, I'm sure. Um, we just won't know until we see what it actually looks like and what uh, pro players are actually saying about being in this like cross-input environment for these competitive spaces. Because there's just no way that like a, a an analog stick can compete with like this this thing is way more precise like once you get used to this thing it's it's hard switching back to mice and being as like precise those micro adjustments that you can't just you can't quite recreate on on controllers so yeah i am so curious to hear what it's going to actually be like but if you're saying that it like it felt great to play when during the technical test then yeah. i mean i've got com- i've got some confidence in it yeah yeah i i i agree with what christian said that it'll you know allow more people to you know compete in this uh, competitive space for sure um, and against higher tier players and we'll see how that turns out with like what it, what it really looks like. It really is a only time will tell situation um, but just from history of you know what we've had in the past from competitive games yeah mouse, is, mouse and keyboard is just <laughs> usually superior in these uh, sorts of scenes so I can I can already imagine that that's going to be the case so um yeah that's that's what i would imagine yeah yeah i think you guys have fair points um i i will say that the technical test was cross-platform and while it wasn't pvp for the most part there was a little bit of snippet of pvp which i'll talk about here in a minute but uh i still felt like me playing on controller i was still like consistently at the top like Obviously, I don't know how many people I was playing with was on keyboard and mouse or anything like that. Um, and obviously, it's not a competitive scene whatsoever. I'm not a top tier competitive player, even though I, I can hold my own, you know. But uh, 
yeah, <laughs> I think it will be interesting to see how the top tier players on both mouse and keyboard and controller kind of compare to one another because they're a lot, they're apparently allowing both um, input devices at tournaments. So uh, I guess we'll find out when the first Halo Infinite tournament uh, comes to fruition. We'll kind of get our first look at it there. But um, moving into, what? oh, sorry, Christian, go ahead. One v one me. One v one. You know what? I will. Halo C, Halo Reach, all the ones that you want to crap on, Christian. Just, just Halo Four. Okay. Yeah, Halo Four, aka Call of Duty. That's what it is, Christian. Yeah. That's why I like it. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> moving into our Halo Infinite test deep dive, technical t- test deep dive. I very much enjoyed what i played guys uh it is insane to me that and it's i say this like i say this like i didn't say this would be like this but i did like i literally i wanted and thought that 343 would find a way to combine old and new into one into a game that is essentially almost everything of what halo fans all halo fans wanted like I literally wanted this to happen and it's happening. Like there's certain issues like sprint, for instance, it's a hotly debated thing in the halo uh, community. Uh, Should we have sprint? Should we not have sprint? They've done something that is super smart in halo infinite where sprint is in the game, but it's literally a 2% increase in, in movement speed than your base movement speed. So, very marginal it's not even close to halo 5 sprint which was significantly faster and they've kind of counterbalanced that with you can still recharge your shields while you're sprinting you can still reload your weapon bot while you're sprinting you can still do all these things you can shoot right away out of sprint things you could not do in halo 5 because they had super fast sprint and you could run away from situations and people hated that and so i feel like they found a very good you know middle ground here where they're like hey this is what we're doing we're appeasing both fans here uh to kind of get this in a good space they're putting in equipment which is halo 3-esque which is satisfying the classic audience but it's also satisfying the newer audience because they have are used to these armor abilities that can do different things so you have grapple you have the repulsor that can shoot like charges back at people like there's so many so many things in the sandbox that I absolutely freaking love. Um, and yeah, it, it was so much fun. They turned on PVP for two hours. I, w- I played the entire two hours of PVP, had a ton of fun, absolutely loved it. Um, and yeah, for the most part, obviously this is a technical test. So there's certain things that they had issues with. Uh, and one of those things I think is the sniper rifle, the sniper rifle does not mm. feel good at all but uh yeah uh but for the most part this is literally living up to what i wanted this to be and a lot of halo fans wanted this to be and i hope the campaign can just pull through and then oh i'll be so also i'll be so happy what were your guys' thoughts can i ask what yes how, how the guns felt when you're actually like in game shooting like in, in like uh like 10 scenarios and also like how that uh like how the ttk like felt for you 
the time the time to kill was very good for me like halo has always been a longer time to kill than call of duty so you mentioned liking halo 4 halo 4 is a a quicker time to kill it's still longer than call like for instance call of duty but it's a quicker time to kill than any other halo game and that's why one of the reasons why i don't like halo 4's multiplayer this is this is very much i would say this is quicker than halo 3's time to kill if people have an idea of that where it's a very slow uh, methodical time to kill but it's not you know super fast like halo 4 it, it's definitely like a middle ground there as well okay. it feels really nice the pistol feels really nice which is one of your starting weapons uh it's actually different than the halo 5 pistol which is also really good funny enough but it's it's good for different reasons it's good because it shoots very fast and it can kill someone in very short order whereas the halo 5 pistol shot slower but it dealt a lot more damage so people liked that one but this one is also very good in its own right so it feels like they've methodically looked through every single like element of the weapons so far and probably my favorite new weapon would probably be the ravager which is a brute uh banished weapon and it shoots like this uh it shoots like this three round burst of uh charged like plasma and it's like a um it's sort of like a power we- it is a power weapon uh but it's kind of like a, a ranged shotgun, so to speak. Uh, so it shoots these three round bursts of uh, plasma, and then you can kill them usually in two shots like of that three round burst, which is super nice. And it also has an alternate fire, where if you shoot the alternate fire, it puts a giant like uh, lava minefield of plasma that like slowly damages people over time standing in it. Uh, which funny enough had a bug in the beta where it dealt zero damage so nobody actually used it but it was just a bug that they haven't worked out but um yeah that was probably my favorite weapon uh i also have a question i i saw (laughs) like uh the grappling hook being used uh in a couple of clips and they kind of kind of showed off like battlefield-esque uh <laughs> moves with this thing like there was there was one that i saw where uh somebody used a grappling hook to pull themselves up onto like a bridge above them and then just kind of let the momentum take them above the bridge and then they shot the rocket through like a bunch of corridors and then it hit somebody like on the other side of the map he wasn't even looking when it like actually did the kill and was like oh that looks that looks pretty fun and what how did you feel the the grappling hook felt in halo was like a good addition or do you like oh don't want that in your halo game oh it is so much fun i love it it is so much fun in fact like i was one of the people like waiting for that grappling hook to spawn every single time because it was so much fun to use and it's really cool actually the um the weapon spawns and um or i'm sorry not the weapon spawns the grenade spawns and also like the equipment pickups like the grapple hook for instance it spawns on this little cylinder uh, on the ground and the cylinder has like a timer on it that is a visual timer. So it goes around in a circle and when it finishes the circle, that means it's ready to respawn. So you know when it's about to come up so you can like, you know, if you're like, oh, that's almost there, you can sit around and wait for it, which I love that. And so I just jump in and I steal the grappling hook and, and go grapple away. And like 
the most railroad the most exciting part about the grappling hook is f- custom games forge people oh. are going to have a field day with that thing you're gonna have like <laughs> you could have like your own spider-man game in halo because you you'll have a grappling hook you're making it unlimited grapple uh i'm just so excited about all the custom game possibilities with that thing. lava with with uh, grappling hooks yes <laughs> yes I hope, I hope they have a beta sometime soon nope. like an open beta i yeah. do i don't think they will have an open beta i think yeah. the best possibility we have is that they will open it up to everyone who signs up for the insider program so anyone who has an xbox account can sign up for the insider program the halo insider program um and i think that they will open it up to everyone there eventually they say it's not guaranteed but i feel like the last one they do it will be um they say they're only guaranteeing one more test but it could be two more tests I would guess there will be two more tests, and the last one will be open to all Halo insiders. Would be my best guess. Um, but who um, knows? And the eventual multiplayer is free to play anyway, so yep. like, I'll still be checking it out for sure. Yes, yes, it definitely. I've been saying it for a long time, and Roro can attest to this, and yes. so many people can attest to this. I've been calling this 343's three, three, Halo 3 for a long time, and honestly, playing this makes me feel like they are going to nail that. As long as the campaign is good, which everything we've seen so far has the inclination that it's going to be good, I think this could be the best halo game to date not just the best 343 halo game but the best halo game like and that has me so freaking excited probably not that hard to make a good halo game though right you know what i mean christian christian like the bar isn't that hot you know oh my gosh (laughs) christian get get out of here no no business making comments like that escort him (laughs) out of here roro (laughs) escort him out (laughs) I'm uh, in the same boat. Though. I'm like a Rora. <laughs> what the heck? Come on! I've only played the first one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you both. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully the next technical test and more when the game launches will sway you guys in the opposite direction. So, uh, guys. I mean, what I've seen looks awesome. Yes. Thank you, Roro. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, guys, episode 100 is coming up in two weeks. Insane. Can't even believe it. A hundred episodes. So I thought about, uh, I thought a while about this and I was trying to figure out a, a cool thing to do. And the best thing I came up with. So there's a lot of Game Pass games that are coming out this month and coming out very soon. Oh, yeah. So I thought it would be a good idea for us to give away a three-month Xbox Game Pass Ultimate code to Mm -hmm. someone who is listening. So I thought that we could start this today. We'll post a tweet on our Twitter today. If you retweet the tweet and follow us on Twitter, we'll enter you in a chance to win the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate three-month code. And we will choose that drawing live on episode 100. And once we choose that, obviously, we'll reach out with the code. 
And also I was thinking if we get, you know, a few people, you know, involved with that one, I don't know what that tweet activity is going to be. I was also planning on getting six more t-shirts and this time I actually have a good plan for it where the company I order them through, I can, I can put in different shipping addresses for each person so I don't have to ship them out and pay a million dollars for shipping to across the country. So with that being said, I will send one of those shirts to Christian because Christian does not have a shirt yet. So I will make sure one gets to you, Christian, when we do that. So obviously I have to wait until after episode 100 so that we have all the people that are getting them so I can send them to all the addresses and they will take care of shipping. So that was what I had come up with thus far. I was still possibly thinking about doing something PlayStation or Nintendo related to see what else uh, I can do, but I haven't done anything on that front yet. So thought that would be kind of a cool giveaway. Well, one game pass is the best deal in gaming. Why do you need anything else? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. you play great games like Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah. Christian. Halo 4. <laughs> Christian. Or, yeah. I can't believe that. I, I just can't believe that. All right. Uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about before we close out the show? Two more episodes, 100. Insane. 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 Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk it when me and Sean started it on this couch right here and it was a terrible setup and it was super hokey and terrible from episode one. Don't watch episode one. It's awful. Uh, <laughs> so, anywho, thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Sean, who is gone. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. Love you.